Welcome to this episode of ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, this is Jill Hamilton, editor at clearancejobs.com. Welcome to this episode of ClearCast. We have Steve Cooper from SoftWorld joining us today. Steve, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thanks for having me, Jill. Happy to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about SoftWorld? My role here is I'm the Senior Vice President of our government services practice. SoftWorld's been around for 25 years. We just celebrate our 25th year this year. The company really started off strictly doing 100% staff aug work. The company really started in our financial services market, which is still a big practice area for us today. And if you fast forward to today, the company has numerous practice areas. In addition to financial services, we have obviously the federal practice that I manage. We have Pivotal Engineering, which is our engineering practice. We have a life sciences practice that gets into drugs coming to trial, uh, a lot of SaaS programming and data analytics in the pharma space, in addition to our core IT service. And then we have a security services that's kind of a FSO, facility securities officer model for hire that we do a decent amount of work with in the federal space. And then cybersecurity is kind of something that is woven across all of our practice areas. So if you looked at our model today, the delivery model that we have still includes staff augmentation business, but it also ranges to as sophisticated as a 120-person onshore development center that we do for a Fortune 100 financial services client of ours. Every customer is a little bit different, and our offering to each customer is a little bit different as well. We do a significant amount of work in the DOD and intelligence communities. So it sounds like you've grown to support customers as well as staffing services. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like like any company, our story has evolved over the years. And because customers had different needs, our solutions evolved as our customers' needs evolved. And so, you know, it, it may not be as simple as just you know, one individual person for, for a particular contract today, it may be more, you know, I need a team of people or the solution to create an onshore development center really kind of rose out of a need from one of our best customers in the financial services space that, that needed something a little bit outside the box. And I think, you know, that's one of the things I do really like about software. I mean, we broke the $100 million revenue mark, which is a big milestone for us last year. So we're, we're large enough, but we're still very nimble in terms of how we can react and and design some of those solutions. Yeah. Turns out this year, agility is key. So ability to move around and and flex where you need to is a really great attribute to have. So when it comes to staffing, what are ways that we can encourage more communication and partnership in that process? What are things that you've seen that have helped enable that? As your customer relationships move on, the, the trust factor obviously increases. And I think when that starts to happen, you kind of hit that trajectory with your clients and and in turn they with you, you start to build the level of trust that really allows you to kind of deepen the relationships a little bit more. And, and once you've got that, I think bringing each other inside one another's tents a little bit and sharing information, I think we pride ourselves in sharing some of the risk with a lot of our clients as well. So you know, I think as these relationships mature, you get a level of comfort that allows you to do bigger and better things together. And I think communication is really at the core of all of that. You know, if if Mm. the better, you know, the better I think we understand our clients' environments, the better we're going to be able to hit the mark in terms of giving them what they want from a services standpoint. You know, the the reverse is true, too. You know, the the better they understand our delivery model and and where we excel and maybe where we're, we're ramping up on certain things, 
it really does help. I think forecasting is another thing. It's especially relevant this time of year of, you know, really, really asking our clients, what are the challenges that you foresee from a technology standpoint coming into 2021? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, this year has been unlike any other year that many of us have seen in the market. And it's come with its own set of challenges. And I think, you know, some companies are doing better because of COVID, some are struggling to get through this time. And I think understanding where companies are and what things are going to be over that next horizon really helps us do a better job with partnerships. That's great. Yeah, I think you've highlighted communication. It's great the the two-way communication, how important that is between you and the your customers. Have things changed over the course of this year? Like you've highlighted, touched on a little bit how there's been challenges that this year has brought on and responding to them. Are there any things specifically that you've put in place or it's just amplified how agile you all have been, how critical that factor really is into the success of your business? So what things have you seen this year specifically? You know, when, I think when March was the time frame that, that this all kind of became really real for me. And I think COVID-19 went from something that everyone was acutely aware of that was on the news to a full-blown pandemic that starts to impact business. We sort of looked at our strategy for the year and the initial response was really, we've got to take care of our best customers. And it's going to be harder to generate new customers during this year because of everything that's going on. But we want to make sure that we're giving the customers that we have really an unbelievable level of service that's going to make them glad that they're working with us and increase the strength of those partnerships. As we look back on this year, believe it or not, we're, we're tracking to hit the growth projections that we put out pre-COVID and mm. probably even exceed those. So I think, you know, maybe there's a lesson in there somewhere of, you know, sometimes the best things you can do is really take care of the customers that you've got in such a way that they're going to want to bring you more business as opposed to strictly going out there to try to broaden your customer base and gather new customers. Of course, we always want to do that, but it's been more challenging to do that this year. And I think, you know, the, the lesson rings true for all of us that by taking care of each other a little bit better, sometimes things have a way of working themselves out. So I think that that was one of the things that I think when I look back on this year that that really stands out to me in terms of how it, how it all worked out. No, I think that highlights a lot of what we've seen as we all interact just as humans, like we've understood the, the people behind everything is what makes everything go. And so when you translate that to business models, it's really important to see that if you focus on those people, it's a, it's amazing to see the success that can come out of that afterwards, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the human element of what we do, I mean, you know, people oftentimes are our product or service, however you want to look at it. And remembering the humanistic thing and the humanistic side of what we do, I think really, really stands out this year. I mean, more so than any other. I think the other thing that was interesting was that we saw a lot of agencies that had never, ever considered the idea of telework have to go down that path because they really had to due to the pandemic. And I think in talking to our customers that were very reluctant to do telework and now have had to embrace it because of what's happened this year, in every instance that I can think of, those projects are actually ahead of schedule. And I think everyone's kind of realizing, look, you know, we can do this stuff remotely. And, you know, I don't know about you, but my commute's an hour each way. So that's two hours that I spend in the car you know, in, in gridlock traffic and you come into the office and you're frustrated. Sometimes you're, you're later than you want it to be. And, and by removing that two hours, I could even take half of that time and devote it to my job. I could exercise a little more. I could spend time with my family. There's all kinds of things that I could do. And it's just, you know, we always talk about a work-life balance. I think 
the aspect of working remote has shown that people can rise to the occasion and really get things done. So I think it's really going to change the face of how a lot of government agencies look at telework. And I don't think it'll ever be the same as it was pre-COVID. Even across the intel agencies, we've seen it's very difficult to work remotely because of the classified nature of that work and the clearance requirements, et cetera. But there are certain things that can be done at the unclassified level and then brought into a skiff and done on the high side as those projects mature. So I think figuring out solutions on, hey, you know, we, we can't make COVID go away as quickly as we want to, but there are things that we can do to be more productive and be more successful. So it's a it's an interesting case study on humans and I think our ability to to just survive in the face of adversity. While COVID's been a challenge for all of us, I think there are some great things that have come out of it. Absolutely. No, that's that's fantastic. In fact, speaking of that cleared space, other than telework or even just changes in that, because you're right, I think COVID-19 had this impact on telework, specifically in national security, where it was something that we always talked about, wanted to achieve, just always was a struggle to actually implement it. And this year meant that everybody had to implement it across the board. And so I think it helps provide a lot of lessons learned. But if there are any other trends or themes that you're seeing in the cleared spaces with how we're moving ahead with work? I have. You know, I think I touched on cybersecurity a little bit earlier on in the podcast, and that, you know, continues to be red hot. I think the the threats and the bad guys get more sophisticated every day. And to keep up with that, we have to be really on our game from a cybersecurity standpoint, you know, both offensively and defensively analyzing threats, building systems that are more and more secure every day, just like a virus, you know, cyber attacks mutate every year and they get more and more sophisticated. So I think that's a big one. Along those lines, the CMMC certification that is really um, keeping everyone up at night, I think, that's doing business in the DOD space. The the uncertainty of what that's going to look like for everyone as it evolves is, is really something that companies are paying close attention to. I mean, we do a lot of DOD business, and I know that this has been a big initiative internally for us, and we're, we're staying ahead of that curve. So I think we're not alone in that space, and I think that's something that's on most companies' minds that are doing business in the DOD or Intel communities. The other ones, I think cloud continues to also be hot. I think we're seeing an interesting shift in that market right now where AWS still kind of rules the roost, I think, but we're seeing Azure catch up really quickly. And, you know, as people, I think a lot of the forecasters predicted this a while ago, that Microsoft tends to find a way to, to get involved with these kind of things. And, you know, they're, they're definitely catching up on the market share. And then you're seeing a lot of other, you know, Google and Oracle are offering cloud platforms and many, many other companies. So I think we're seeing people take some of that market share and, and, the playing field is is becoming a little bit more level every day. So that's been interesting to see that evolve. And I think the government continues to embrace cloud and, and really realize that some of the security concerns that they had about it initially, things are just as secure in the cloud as they are wherever else you want to put them. The other one that's really big for us, I think, right now is artificial intelligence and machine learning. We do a lot of classified work for the military, NASA, and then some of the big laboratories across the country, you know, autonomous flight and being able to use things like drones, um, that's just becoming more and more real every day. So the, the artificial intelligence, machine learning, and some of the robotics that, that are behind that, that's pretty cool stuff. I mean, it's, it's taking things that are not really new concepts, but it's, it's taking that development and, and looking at it a different way. So it's really almost like the future is now kind of stuff. And it's an uh, interesting time to be alive. Yeah, no, it's great. So how about if a candidate wants to grow their career 
and kind of adjust or pivot for new opportunities. Say they were going in one direction, they want to change. What are some ways that they can do that and how could they maybe partner with SoftWorld? This is a great question. I love this one. It does come up relatively often. I think all of us, no matter what we do for a living at some point, you sort of go, hey, boy, you know, I'd like to do something else. And depending on what that something else is, it's it's easier said than done sometimes. I mean, for the for the individual that's a plumber that decides they want to be an NFL player when they're 40, that well, that's that's a heck of a challenge there. But I think there are things that you can do that will allow you to bridge that gap. You know, for example, if, if you're somebody that's a that's an IT operations person that has, you know, spent most of your career and you're, you're kind of mid-career and you're a systems administrator, well, what are the things that you can take that you've learned about doing systems administration and apply them to maybe some of the things that I just talked about in terms of being hot, right, in the market? If the systems administrator wants to focus on cybersecurity, well, I'm sure there are things that they've done as a systems administrator that involve cyber. How can we take those concepts and maybe build upon them and get some additional certifications? In the cleared space, it's a great example of this. You know, we're having to invent cloud engineers from people that did other stuff before cloud was in the market because of the clearances. So figuring out someone that has some skills that they can build upon without throwing everything that they've learned during their career and maybe Go get some new certifications. I mean, software is certainly very pro-education and in many cases will help you get those certifications that you've been looking for to help you get to the levels that you want to be at to, to learn some of these new skills. Same thing for a developer, right? If you're someone that's grown up, you know, as a Java developer or a .NET developer or any other language and you want to sort of take a spin at machine learning, you can take what you've already done and then read some books on that, maybe take a few courses, get a couple of certifications that'll allow you to kind of tweak your career as opposed to completely reinventing yourself. So I think that would be my best advice there is just don't throw away all the things that have that have allowed you to advance thus far in your career, but maybe look at it from a slightly different angle that's going to allow you to pick up skills that are more marketable and learn some things that are going to challenge you and make you more excited about the work that you do. No, that's fantastic. It's always great to look at different ways, things you can add in or what certifications are complementary to some of the skill sets that you already have that are going to grow you, but build on what you already have. And that's great that they can partner with SoftWorld and move their career ahead, either in the same direction or even in a new direction and have the flexibility to do that. So that's really great. Thanks so much for sharing with us, Steve. And thank you guys for joining us today at ClearCast. For more security clearance news and defense information, please visit us at news.clearancejobs.com. 